Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Wonderful. Ah. Today is Thursday, June 30th, last day of June. It's very exciting, isn't it? So exciting, I had to sit up again. Um, yeah, so here we are at the end of June, halfway through 2020, I probably said too many 20s in there, didn't I? No wonder the transcript can't figure out my numbers. It's choking on my coffee a little bit there. Excuse me. So here we are. Um, what do I have to report? I don't know. Uh, my allergies are finally um, receding. I'm feeling much, much better. And although occasionally still coughing a little bit, much, much less, much less than I was. And my voice is better, I think. So, um, so yeah, uh, been working on Shadow Wizard. I nearly said Storm Princess, and that's not correct, is it? Uh, something that I've finally gotten to on my list is is the ticks on the talks, the TikTok. Um, you know, it's really hard when you get to be a particular age, a woman of a certain age. It's not awful that we even say that. Um, and you become aware of like how, how much technology you have witnessed, um, you know, and it's funny to me because I'm, you know, I'm sure it annoys the young people. It is the job of older people to annoy young people anyway. Um, and one of the ways that, uh, is traditionally done is to talk about how things were different when you were their age. But, you know, I find it very interesting. I'm, I'm somewhat absorbed by the fact that my beautiful mug, this beautiful mug that I got for Christmas, the handle is starting to detach at the top. I picked it up this morning and it's like cracked through. So if I tug on it, it actually separates, which I know the answer is don't tug on it, but can I trust it to hold? Um, is there anything I can do? Um, you know, there's the, uh, which it feels like it's become ever so fashionable to mention now, the Japanese art of Kintsuge, uh, where you repair brakes and fill them in with gold and, or make the, uh, the brakes decorative. Um, another way it, to look at it is visible mending. Um, my friend, Mary Robinette Kowal is really into visible mending and posts about it occasionally where you fix things, but you don't attempt to conceal the fact that they were broken. Instead, you make the fix be decorative in some way. And I don't know if there's a way to do it on this. Um, but I really love this, this mug and I've, I've been hand washing it people, which is a big concession. So I don't know what to do. But it's interesting because in the Essex serpent, which I was talking about the other day that I, 
I gave up reading at like um 62 percent because I don't know it wasn't making me happy I wasn't enjoying it I could kind of see where she was going but and I went and read some of the reviews and I would review this one myself except I don't like to post reviews of other authors work that's critical instead I just rant about it here to you all because you keep my secrets I know it's like it's not like this is it public but I don't think Sarah Perry is going to um, seek out my little podcast and if she does it's on her right whereas I feel like a posting a review is a little bit more putting it in her lap. I thought the book had a lot of early promise and I noticed a lot of reviews said that because I was compelled from the beginning and one of the things that I loved is the damaged heroine Cora is there anything more compelling than the damaged heroine or hero damaged human being and and she references that uh, Kinsuge um, because she had this horrible sadistic controlling husband um, and and I almost kept reading to find out more about that except I was starting to feel like she was never going to tell me any more than that um, which is kind of a thing that I think literary fiction does um, as opposed to to romance that maybe romance will go to these places that that other genres won't um, because it'll go in and delve into um, people's feelings and their scars and how they overcome them in a way that other genres sort of stay away from when I first was writing prisoner of the crown I was working with a critique group of mainly science fiction and fantasy writers which I thought was going to be just fine because in many ways prisoner of the crown is one of my few books that has no romance in it at all um, this series ends up going that direction but prisoner of the crown itself is more or less high fantasy um, and for those of you who have not read it it is about a young woman being forced into a cruel and sadistic marriage right and she is also treated very badly by her mother she's basically groomed to be I hope this isn't spoilery but um, she's basically groomed to be a victim uh, from a very early age she is subjected to treatment from her mother who has long-range plans for her daughters this political alliance to make her into the kind of person who will accept what she later must endure and in some ways it was interesting to do because in some ways her mother um, while awful her mother is is simply repeating the generational cycle she is repeating what was done to her and and in many ways she feels like she's doing what's best for her daughter because she's preparing her to endure and she doesn't see any other path for her daughter but there's some dark stuff that happens at the beginning of the book because I really wanted to show uh, how how these how a particular victim is created and I remembered that the other people in the group actually all the guys the one other woman in the group did not have this reaction but the other guys were all like whoa this is really dark this is really brutal and you know should you really show all of this and it's like you know 
this is what some women's lives are like, you guys, you know, how, how precious are we going to be? I was frankly taken aback that they were so squeamish about it. Um, they're like, well, maybe have the mother be a little bit less cruel. And Okay. <laughs> so, uh, reader, I did not take their critiques. And I know that that book is hard to read for some people because it is, um, does explore so much of that. I believe I have recently sold um, UK rights to that book, although Kensington didn't actually tell me um, because why would they tell me? It's only my book. That is sarcasm. In case you need the sarcasm emoji, I, I find it really irritating that publishers uh, don't bother to tell us these things. Um, but they sent me money. They sent me what appears to be a advance. Uh, it says, um, it's weird. I shared it with Dorinda when we were working yesterday. The sort of the check memo from Kensington says, um, Bristish capital. And then this is all one word, Bristish ADV S I N G with the A and the S and the B B anyway, those are all capped. So it looks like British advance signing. So like my signing advance only, why is it British? And, and I asked Dorinda what she thought and she said, oh, that, um, British is near Britain. So it's not quite Britain, but it's British. Uh, we were amused. Uh, thank you for the person who, uh, commented, I believe on Instagram, longtime listener and lurker. Thank you. Uh, explaining that yes, an effort is being made lately to, uh, specify authors as being English. And, uh, they pointed out that we don't refer to like Welsh authors or Scottish authors or, uh, Northern Irish authors as British. So we should then specify English authors as English. So good to know. So anyway, that was a winding path to get there. Um, so yeah, kind of cool that prisoner of the crown will be, uh, published in the UK in Bristish. I have no idea on that. I was corresponding with the financial gal at the literary agency because agent Sarah is on vacation. Good for her until next week. So Sarah will be able to explicate further. Um, so, so yeah, it's interesting that that little trilogy Chronicles of Desneria is, um, seeing the translations because it's also been translated into Czech and the Czechs gave it perfect colors, gorgeous covers. Uh, the covers it should have had all along, um, pissed me off no end the way Kensington punted on those fucking covers and then tried to, and then my editor who I loathed and is now gone. Um, she was awful. She would lie to me all the time. She would blow sunshine up my skirt, you know, and she would by like flattering me, flattering me in a way that, um, I mean, was obvious. I mean, she would just, anytime I questioned anything, she would start telling me what a wonderful writer I am. And it would be like, okay, am I supposed to just like fall down on my knees and start sucking now? Sorry, you guys. Um, 
show me crazy. And she's like, well, this is very expensive art. And it's like, I can recognize clip art when I see it. Anyway, I keep um, diverting off topic here. <coughs> so I was talking about technology and I got totally off on other things. Let me finish the thought on technology uh, because I do talk about how when I was in high school, I learned to program in DOS. And now the thing about technology is it keeps changing. And my very first website, I programmed my first website. Uh, I knew how to do HTML programming, but then it keeps growing and changing. And after a while, you either have to devote yourself to keeping up or hand it over to other people who have time to keep up. So every once in a while, you know, like when somebody says, oh, well, you know, it's so easy to learn this. You could do this yourself. And I'm like, yeah, talk to me after you've been doing that for 20 years. You know, after a while, you just, you have to seed certain territories. So I've been learning TikTok, um, playing with it, which I do think is one of the best ways to learn things. And it's the way that we learn things when we're young, the way that kids uh, learn things is you play with it because you're not afraid of doing it wrong. You're not afraid of breaking it. And uh, as you get older, you get more worried about doing it right, which is unfortunate. So I've just been trying to take some time to play with TikTok and share some things. So I think I'm clumsy at it, but I'm getting better. And it's been fun going and finding uh, wonderful videos people have been making about my books and sharing those. So that's been a kick. And if I lost other points along the way, please remind me. Um, sorry. If I edited this podcast, we would catch those. But since I don't, they are um, lost, lost to the wind and the dregs of the coffee. So can't remember if I had a point. How did I get onto prisoner writing dark things? Oh, Essex serpent. That's right. And Kinsinge, that's it. Um, that there's, I was very, very intrigued by this marriage where the husband tells her he wants to break her apart and mend the cracks with gold. And I wanted to know more about that. And I finally decided I probably wasn't going to find out more. And that it wasn't worth it. She had a lot of themes in there. I think, um, and this is probably uncharitable. The whole review is uncharitable. Um, you know, she got to this whole thing about the housing crisis in London. And I don't know. I felt like she was trying to make it be an important novel, you know, with capital letters and trademark. And I don't know. I wanted to know more about the woman whose husband tried to break her apart and mend the cracks with gold and what that made her into. And I felt like at 62, 65%, I hadn't found out nearly enough about it. And I was finding out way too much about the housing crisis in London. And so, so I bailed. I don't, this all came from trying to mend my coffee mug. Um, or thinking about mending it. Alas.
so um i had another thing i wanted to talk about and i was trying to decide if i had time time to address it okay i thought about it um i'm not sure i have complete thoughts on it that's why i'm not sure how long it would take and i i do remember it from last night even though i didn't write it down uh i went out uh, with my friend kelly robson and we did some shopping and i even found a birthday present for me which is not till the end of august but i texted my mom about it and said what if i found a birthday present and she said get it so i got it and have it set away so that she can wrap it up we'll have to talk about how you want to do that mom but um and we had drinks and we got takeout and took them back to her wife alex and sat and had pizza and then i got home and david had been watching 500 days of summer which i remember vaguely seeing the first time i liked it well enough that i bought the soundtrack but i think a lot of us went into that movie thinking it was going to be a romance and it is decidedly not i did not remember it was joseph gordon levitt in it which is why david was watching it because he really likes that actor i remembered it was zoe deschanel i remembered how that whole thing about the manic pixie dream girl came from that and i understand the criticism more because um i, I would like to watch it from the beginning again because david and i kind of came away from it disagreeing on it i felt like she had been kind of unkind to him um that she had led him on and and david said no he wanted her to be something that she couldn't be interesting so we don't often swap like swap sympathies gender wise that way so now i kind of want to watch it from the beginning again but the script i was reading in the trivia you guys know i'm always uh scrolling the imdb trivia as i watch a show um that the screenwriter had written it about a specific woman that he even calls out in the credits jenny beckman bitch <coughs> so it's always questionable right when you write about something that is a deeply personal experience and i think that especially as new writers we have a great tendency to make the protagonist be an avatar of ourselves um maybe it's because it's like that's the story we have to get out or we just don't know better it's interesting releasing rogues pawn now because that was um out july 5th right uh thank you all for all the pre-orders i should include those i think it is in the show notes um but that was the first novel i ever wrote and the uh i mean the protagonist is a neuroscientist who accidentally ends up in fairy and was absolutely uh my avatar in fact i even gave her my name and a lot i gave her my dress i gave her a lot of my same characteristics and i felt very clever at the time not 
realizing as so many newbie writers do is we think we're very being very clever and we're actually following a very well trod um unfortunately so path um it's like we have these blinders on and we don't see how many people have trod this path and the other writers going "Eh, don't go down that path um which is why I don't totally hold things against Sarah Perry because she's still a new writer um so even if she says things like I want to create the first female monster villain um I just shake my head and say oh you sweet summer child because she's thinking of her predecessors as Daphne du Maurier and Mary Shelley and is apparently oblivious to the entire um, world of genre fiction because literary writers think that those books don't count. There's a grand tradition of that too. Um, writers like uh, Ian McEwan, Margaret Atwood, uh, Katsuo Ishiguro thinking that they have invented genre because somehow all the other genre being written is uh, beneath notice and that they've come up with something really interesting like Ian McEwen talking about that he was going to write about artificial intelligence but he wanted to write about how it's affecting society not um, in terms of like uh, space boots with rockets on them. It was really that bad as like you have no idea how much thoughtful really wonderful and entertaining stuff has been written about artificial intelligence. Anyway, I'm running out of time. Uh, so I think I'll just stop there. Uh, if I had a point, I probably didn't make it, but you all will forgive me and feel free to poke me about it because I will definitely talk to you all tomorrow. You all take care. Bye bye. <laughs>